How do the Titans divvy up their targets between Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys? What can Jared Cook do for you now that he's paired with Drew Brees? And we get ready to kick off the eighth season of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Plus, Tim Gilbertson, an FFPC player who brought home two High Stakes Dynasty Championships in 2018, talks about what he gave up for Alvin Kamara, the rookies that have him raising an eyebrow this season, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Hands, everybody. If you got what it takes, KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakinatics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is, of course, the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, hey, where should you uh, select uh, players that have been moving around in free agency this season? Uh, We're going to get into some dynasty trade value as well, including an interview with Tim Gilbertson. Talks about his two FFPC dynasty titles Uh, why he parted with David Johnson in one of those leagues, and much more. I'm not going to bore you with the social stuff at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You know where to find us on Facebook. If you want to give us a call and talk with us tonight, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. Tim, Dave, and myself will all be happy to take any questions you might have, be they redraft, dynasty, or anything regarding fantasy football. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will help get those questions to us coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Dave Gerzak, ladies and gentlemen, is in the studio tonight as we kick off season eight. Dave, when we started this show, whatever it was, you know, seven plus years ago, did you ever think we would get to season eight? And by the way, approaching, I believe June 21st will be our 400th episode of this podcast. That's pretty nuts, Balky. It's uh, it's been pretty great. I I really enjoy it. it. It's, it's, it's made me a better fantasy player. How many, how many again? Uh, if June 21st is tentatively scheduled as our 400th episode. Wow. We're in the 380s right now. I've been here for about half of those. That's it. Now I didn't even have that. You made the joke this time. <laughs> I didn't even have to make the joke. No, you, probably about 89, yeah, whatever. A lot. No, I would say 190, 195, <laughs> right around there. So, yeah, so know, good for you, man. I vacation so much. If my stupid kids weren't in school... I would never be on the show. I was going to ask you about that vacation coming up. Um, I don't know if you know this offhand, but April coming up, it would be April 12th. 
Do you yeah. know if you're going to be gone then? Yeah, I'm gone. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. I just needed to know if we needed to schedule somebody oh, for yeah, that one. Oh, Marco Island. Yeah, congratulations. Collecting that... shells and probably infections and so on. Oh, well, whatever. Bring Listen, the uh, bring the shells home. Leave the infections down there. Uh, let's get into um, what I wanted to bring up with before the, the top of the show tonight. Nothing new here, although I will say there's uh, more than a few Dynasty startups available at myffpc.com. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's at the 250, the 500, and the 750 levels right now. And 77. And 77s. Um, don't, for, don't forget those dime right, store exactly. leagues, Balky. I would never you know, call them dime store. I call them, people have feelings, too. They're 77 store uh, <laughs> leagues, Dave. And uh, we have some kicking off tomorrow. Still uh, some openings in those uh, dynasty startups that are going. We, uh, we move them, them to Tuesday. Tuesday, so. okay. And they're slow drafts, so it doesn't make a huge yeah. Bit of there difference. Like six left. They, they should actually both fill by then. Seventy-seven and two fifty. If you are looking to draft on uh, tomorrow or Sunday, best ball superflex and double ups available at myffpc.com. Let's bring in tonight's guest, Dave. Uh, we'll start the show uh, a minute earlier than we normally do. He started playing fantasy uh, football as, at the dynasty level in 2014. He's the owner of the Gilby's All Stars. Uh, FFPC Dynasty franchises currently owns five FFPC Dino teams, 500 number three, 518, 519, 750, 10, and 750 number 31. He's looking for more this season, and especially no one cares about the numbers when he's come when he's coming off titles in the 750 number 10 and the 500 number three leagues. Coming straight out of Superior, Wisconsin, it's Tim Gilbertson. Tim, good evening to you, and congrats on those Dynasty titles last year, man. Hey, thanks a lot, gentlemen. Good evening as well. Happy to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're thrilled to have you. I don't know if you follow the college basketball at all with the March Madness going on, but certainly with all eyes uh, on Wisconsin uh, this, this weekend, Tim, you have a very low bar to jump over after Marquette and Wisconsin uh, got housed over the last 48 hours. So uh, we're looking forward to... They both lost? You know, they, they got crushed, and, and Tim oh. will be crushing it tonight, but in a good way. Oh, I didn't even know. Tim, did you, <laughs> did you follow those games at all, or, or do you, are you all you about know, Dynasty at this point of the year? No, I am uh, definitely all about March Madness right now. I actually just got back from a base evaluation for the Sun, so I missed the Wisconsin game. But, you know, I'm a born and raised Minnesota guy, so my goal for the W yesterday. So, so I'm surviving still. So we'll see how tomorrow goes with a tough Michigan State game coming up for us. Yeah, that Jordan Murphy, man, he is good for the Gophers. I love football He's a ball player. player. I, I'm He's just telling good. you, I, he – <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, Jordan Murphy could play football uh, right now, Dave. He could he play, could play a tight end. He, he definitely could, could. Yeah, he's he's a hoss. He's an absolute hoss. Tim, uh, let's get into. I, I, Dave is threatening uh, physical violence here, uh, which you can't see. So I got to move this to flip the, the fantasy football portion of the of the uh, show. Where we ask you what you do for a living? Yeah, and well, football. Well, no, well, okay, we'll get into football. But uh, tell us what you do uh, for a living uh, up in uh, Superior, uh, Wisconsin, when you are not crushing FFPC dynasty leagues. Yeah, definitely. You know. I, I dabble around a little real estate investing, uh, try to buy up some rental homes, that type of stuff. So love working with my hands, fixing houses. So that's what keeps me busy in the day. And, you know, wife and three kids at night, you know, my second job is pretty much unpaid Uber driving, you know, getting everybody to practice, dance class, all that fun stuff. So kind of typical American dream stuff. I think one of my fantasy football teams this uh, fall, Dave, will be called unpaid Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that. That's that's a good team. Tim should rename his team the Passive Investor, actually. He's getting all his passive income all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, totally. He's got the landlord going on. That's good stuff, though. Yeah. Isn't it? It's nice uh, owning real estate and just, uh, you know, slowly paying it, off, paying it off with all of your renter's uh, payments to you, right? 
Hey, that's right. You know, it gives me a little more time in a dynasty world, you know, a little much time to think sometimes. <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. Um, so anyway, <laughs> let's actually talk fantasy. So you won a 750 number 10 title last year. Uh, you're trying to defend it. You made a few trades. You got rid of uh, David Johnson in exchange for DJ Moore. I don't know if that was a straight-up trade or not. If you want to walk us through that deal a little bit, I'm a huge uh, fan of DJ Moore. I also like David Johnson this year. So uh, yeah, cool us in on that deal. Oh, yeah. You know, so that deal kind of started out with, uh, you know, the Kareem Hunt situation actually made me start looking at uh, moving DJ because I kind of went from a backfield of having Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and David Johnson. Um, then Hunt, halfway through the year, we had his issue pop up. And uh, won that won that title. So looking at defending it again, and, and kind of wanted to rebolster the roster. And I thought maybe DJ would be a good asset where I could go out and get some pieces before he maybe gets another year or two older, and then uh, might miss that window of returning some value on him. So I fished him around a little bit, and it worked out great. As the offer I did end up getting in for him on that trade was, I landed DJ Moore this year's 1.03 and a 2021st. So I thought it was a little bit of a too much to pass up for DJ because I've always been a big big believer in his talent. But the situation in Arizona all appeared by the time that offense may be on a high cylinder, DJ is going to be on that uh, older side of uh, the running back window that people start getting nervous about. So it would be a good time to pull the trigger and really loved what I got back for him. The Arizona situation is an interesting one. It's one to get a diff- it's difficult to get a read on right now. We have a new coach in Cliff Kingsbury. It, it sounds like um, more likely than not, Kyler Murray will be the quarterback at some point for the Arizona Cardinals this season. You have Larry Fitzgerald coming back. You have David Johnson coming back. And Tim, you know, feel free to correct me, but it sounds like you think that this offense is probably a work in progress for fantasy owners. Uh, at least in 2019, and, and expectations should probably be a little bit lowered. Is that right? Yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. Yeah, I, I firmly believe, you know, uh, DJ could have another great season or two in him, but uh, that offense is definitely a work in progress. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that a guy guy could have a great year just because he might be the only option, or it could be a little bit more of the same we saw last year, which is, Definitely decent numbers, but kind of not the DJ that we got accustomed to a couple years back that were bringing in championships one after another for everybody. Talking with Tim Gilbertson, a double dynasty winner in the FFPC High Stakes Dynasty Leagues last year on uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak coming at you this Friday night. Uh, Let's talk about another deal that you had made. Uh, And this was, and again, I'm trying to get all the pieces right here. Again, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you dealt this year's and next year's first rounder, Cortland Sutton and Kareem Hunt in exchange for Saints running back Alvin Kamara. I'm curious, you know, anytime you're trading that many assets uh, for a premier, you know, uh, like a, a top three, top four, top five at worst um, dynasty asset, uh, these things kind of come together slowly. I'm curious what happened with this deal, and was this something that you guys had gone back and forth on for a while to hammer this out, uh, given, you know, so much was exchanging hands here? You know, yeah, there wasn't a ton of back and forth, actually, with that trade. So to kind of run you through that trade, it was almost a two-part trade for me. So the DJ trade kind of started the ball moving on the Kamara trade. So what I did was, after I got those assets with my David Johnson trade, I just pretty much started the motion with a message on the message board. Hey, you know, 
I'm looking for a, a stud to add to my team. And I just put down what I was looking for. I said, hey, I'm looking for a Christian McCaffrey, Kamara type, Mike Evans. And uh, just put a little feeler out there that way. It's kind of put the pieces that I had. You know, these are the, these are the blocks that I'm willing to move. And uh, so we started going back and forth. I had a guy come back to me, and it went really smooth to where uh, he shot me a couple options, and we kind of worked through those options, ended up making a deal. But um, with that trade, you know, I was looking looking at it as part trade. Um, you know, I had my my 1.03, and I had my 2020 from the DJ deal that I just got, and I put those out there. Um, so. It looks like that you overpaid a little bit for Kamara, possibly if Kareem Hunt comes back now that we only know he has an eight-game suspension. At that time, Kareem Hunt was up in the air, big question mark. So I was looking to get anything I could for good value with him. You know, so the way I saw that trade coming together for me at the end was, you know, I gave uh, Cortland Sutton and David Johnson and Kareem Hunt for Alvin Kamara and DJ Moore because I kind of moved my two first-round picks that I got. I just moved them on to the next trade. So so when I kind of put those two trades together, it ended up coming to be a really nice positive thing for my my dynasty in the future. Now I'm sitting there with, uh, you know, Zeke, Todd Gurley, heading up in the backfield with DJ Moore, then uh, Ty Looking at uh, Dave, I, I, adding those blue chips to my roster. I don't really view this, Dave, as, as overpaying for Alvin Kamara. I think that that's, you know, in order to get a premier piece like that, you have to give up something. And, and you gave up, in my opinion, some, some possible future assets that could be really good, but there's some question marks there as well. You're talking about unknowns with draft picks, Kareem Hunt's behind Nick Chubb. You have Cortland Sutton, who, you know, exhibited hands reminiscent of 2017 Eric Ebron last year. I, I think there's... There's a lot of question marks there. So getting Kamara there, I, I, Dave, I, again, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I'd rather have the Kamara end of that deal. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially given your team construction, you're, like you said, you're going for blue chip stud prospects and not prospects, just blue chip studs and uh, getting rid of prospects in, in exchange for that. Um, actually, before I ask you the next question, let me ask you this. Do you, uh, do you use various trade calculators or do you use ranking sites or do you kind of go more by feel as far as, uh, when you're evaluating a trade and whether you think it's fair or in your favor? Yeah, you know, when I first started Dynasty, I was a lot bigger on the trade calculator. And uh, now getting, them, you know, whether it's experience or just a little more uh, confidence in your roster makeup and what you're looking for, I go a little bit more by Dynasty rankings and then my own personal feel with uh, whether it be watching games or just kind of kind of stat tracking, if you will. And I don't really, you know, like with these trades, I actually didn't even reference the calculator at all because, you know, the trade calculators can sometimes get me overthinking, you know, because maybe you put all those draft picks in and you put those unknowns out there and then that trade calculator kind of gets you backtracking like, oh, maybe I'm giving a little little too much here. So I go a little bit more off a feel right now and uh, then I'll, I'll touch into those dynasty rankings a little bit too. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Actually, that's really interesting. Um, so anyway, my real other question, but I think that that's really insightful, is uh, you still own Todd Gurley. You still own Tyreek Hill. Todd Gurley is uh, he's got arthritis. Arthritic. Ger- geriatric. He's a golden guy. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is uh, going to be going to jail soon. So what's going on with oh those my two goodness? Guys? I'm just, just trying. I'm, just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding around. All right, I'm okay. 
from the pessimistic <laughs> viewpoint, that's one look at it. <laughs> Otherwise, Gurley just went to Europe, and he actually is the only, you know, it's the only place they can give you proper stem cell treatments, or the Caymans, by the way, Bulky. Right, thank and you. And Tyreek's totally innocent and wasn't accused in the second thing. So you have a huge variation in value and in possibilities for these two players. Have you been shopping them? or people inquiring about them? Well, what's going on? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I have not actually been shopping them too much just based on the early inquiries that came in. Um, everybody's got trying to get them for 10 cents on the dollar, which for myself, it's just way too much to give up chance that Gurley comes back and it's not a huge issue. Maybe the Tyreek thing gets put to bed with a, you know, four game suspension, eight game suspension. And he's just too good of a talent to give up. If, even if he does miss half a season. So, so right now my philosophy on both of those scenarios is I'm just hoping Pat, cause I don't think that the value is there right now to move either one of them at what, uh, what they're probably valued at, you know, comes back next year comes out has four or five good games now at that point that would be my window to maybe shop up if you did have a good concern and you wanted to move them i want to get them back on that field and and put that whole cj anderson playoff run thing to bed with him and then i think the value is going to be a lot higher at that point to try to package up something to move him and uh Tyreek, you know that's that's a situation that you know if it does turn really bad and it gets really ugly go down in flames if you don't move them. But what's at the spot now with the offers I've seen for them, I'm going to take that chance, go down in flames rather than sell them really cheap. And the thing goes away for a four-game suspension. He comes back and dominates because he's got a, what, he's got an average quarterback over there with an average offense in KC. So so I just, I really can't see myself going to Tyreek for anything other than close to solid right now. Maybe being a little stubborn on that, but that's kind of my take with Tyreek and Groovies. You know, I, I kind of equate it almost like, you know, if you if you count dynasty players kind of like stocks, you look at what happened with Boeing, and Boeing's had these issues with these two planes crashing. It's tragic. But the news is out. And once the news is out, the value of Boeing stock cratered. It was, like, down 15%. And it's a company with a huge backlog of orders, like 10 years' worth of orders. And if you can take that, if you take, like, Tyreek Hill or maybe, maybe not Gurley, but if you think that if this is an isolated thing and he's going to be fine for the rest of his career, it's kind of like bowling. You're like, okay, this guy is going to go through this problem, but he's going to be fine. And so that's why you, you don't want to sell. You probably want to be buying Tyreek Hill if that's the situation. If you think it's a chronic issue uh, that he's just got an anger management issue and he's just going to keep on doing things, then you, then you want to get rid of him. But the, I, I kind of agree with you on all those points. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Talking with Tim Gilbertson, a uh, double dynasty winner in the uh, FFPC last year, uh, joining us on the HSFF Hour tonight. Let's move over to the uh, other title team. We know we were talking about the 751, but let's talk about 500 number three. Um, you have both Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys on this squad. Now, last year, these guys were not real-life teammates. However, Adam Humphreys has moved via free agency from Tampa to Tennessee. What do you expect from these guys this season as they will now be competing for targets under Marcus Mariota slash Ryan Tannehill in 2019. Yeah. You know, this is a very interesting situation. It's uh, you know, I'm not going to lie that I wasn't really pulling for Humphreys to New England and catch some passes for Tom Brady, just for a, if anything else, just a value spike to maybe move him as a, a trade piece. If anything, really cap in some value for what you landed him for last year. But you know, I love Corey Davis's talent. I still don't love his quarterback situation. Um, you know, he did have a few healthy games last year, Mariota did, where I was a little encouraged. He started putting up 
for him making plays downfield. But, you know, then we saw the old Mary where we had an injury quarterback trying to play through injuries. He's like, uh, new quarterback comes in there, or in a year or two he becomes, maybe we see a new quarterback. Uh, love talent. Don't, uh, don't want to move on him. This year with Mike, that big more before his uh, his blow up. You know, the other talking with Tim Gilbert. Humphrey is a lot of people. Oh, sorry, guys. No, go ahead. You're you're cutting in and out a, a little bit, but go ahead. You're you're, you're, you're coming. You're oh, coming through clear now. Free landing in Tennessee. A lot of people were really turned off by that situation. Thought it was an ugly landing point. I'm a little different there. I think um, he might be Mariota's best friend. You know, uh, Mariota's got to start all come on that he's got to keep himself healthy, maybe stop scrambling around, holding that ball, buying time for Davis downfield. So he might uh, might really start looking for his on those short intermediate routes, and uh, that actually might help Davis in the same time as helping Humphreys and Mariota out. Um, it definitely could go the other way, but I actually kind of like the landing spot. I think it could be good for all three of them. Um, as a dynasty owner, though, with wide receivers, you really don't uh, you don't love your wide receivers going and free to a spot that you have a another wide receiver on that team is not ideal that way. But but I think they could both feed themselves pretty well there. And I think I'm going to kind of just maybe stand pat on Humphreys because I think I'm in the minority. I don't think a lot of people are loving that landing spot, so I don't think I'm going to flip him for a great profit. So we'll just uh, ride it out, see what he does over there with Davis and Mary. But, I just, I just I just looked up an article about Humphreys, and this is kind of an aside, and I'll try not to get too political, Bulky, but hey, wow, here we go. what the hell, I don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, Humphreys, I do. Humphreys listed factors like the coaching staff, the opportunity, the lack of state taxes in Tennessee, and the appeal of the city of Nashville as factors that contributed to his decision to sign with the Titans. No state taxes in Tennessee. Yeah. He actually, you know, usually players don't actually say that, but that's pretty impressive. Nashville is uh, no taxes over there. No according, taxes. according to what I've heard, Nashville is like Vegas East. Oh, it's it's growing like crazy. Yeah. Crane, when we were there for one of the FSTA trade shows, uh, Nerdville Central number one. Right. Um, there was tons of cranes all over the place building various things, yeah. and they called their hockey team the Preds, which is really annoying. The cab driver. Short for the Predators. Yeah. Oh, the Preds are this. The Preds are right. that. It's like just say the name. No, I get it. That's that's fine. <laughs> Uh, your your thoughts on the the Corey Davis Adam Humphreys thing because you and I haven't talked about it. You know, you know my proclivity for Corey Davis, and you I, know my hatred for. Well, I don't hate him actually as a person. I'm sure he's a fine fellow, but I don't. But care as far him. as a fantasy value, you don't player. like it. Yeah, I like Humphreys actually. That's a nice pickup for them. Okay, so. fair enough. I'm, I was just kind of curious about that. Let's uh, stay. So, yeah. yeah, I was going to say stay in the same conference but different position. Yeah, here. we'll move on to another team in the South that kind of sucks, the Jaguars. How about uh, Leonard Fournette? Do you think there's a good chance he has a comeback season, bounce back season in 2019? Nick Foles is the quarterback. No more Bortles. What do you think, Tim? You know, this is one where, you know, not to tip my hand, but I actually don't own any shares on Fournette. I've never been the, you know, wasn't fortunate enough to get him early in a rookie draft, and I've never been a big enough fan to go out and overpay for him. But I do think that if he's going to have a bounce-back year, I think it's going to be this year to tell us a lot. You know, you have Nick Foles coming in to stabilize that offense. Um they kind of took his guaranteed money away, so if he's any motivated, he's got that sitting there in front of him, so we'll see how he comes in this off season. You know, that's a nice dose of reality that he kind of got slapped with, so he, he needs to come in great shape, you know, so he can kind of get past all those uh, nagging injuries, see if he can stay healthy. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I'm going to be one of those guys that I'm not going to hold up hope for a lot different, though. You know, I would say this, if you want to throw a, a nice dart where a guy could be a blue chipper for you, it's a great buy low if some people are frustrated or nervous about them. But uh, the couple buy low situations I've gone out trying to search for them, you know, people are still kind of looking for girly type value of last year for the Fournette thing. So he has not been a guy that I can get on the cheap, and he's definitely a guy that I'm not going to overpay for. But I do like Foles coming down to maybe stabilize that with the defense and, and get into that ground and pound. And if he can stay healthy, I think he'll put some good numbers up just the philosophy I have down there. 308 is where Leonard Fournette is going in redraft this year in uh, FFPC leagues, according to FantasyMojo.com, after free agency has opened. So certainly if you are looking for some sort of Todd Gurley 2018 season, uh, you're not getting him from uh, the value that has been around the FFPC for Fournette lately. Dave, in one of the, the dynasty leagues you and I are in, uh, I've been going back and forth with one of the owners in that league, um, and, and we've been trying to craft some deals around Leonard Fournette. Well, my Leonard Fournette, my Tyler Boyd, my Travis Kelsey, my draft picks in exchange for his Michael Thomas, in exchange for his, um, I don't think Sony Michelle is part of his, somebody else, and then his 105. Uh, and we just, we haven't been able to come down at it. And I think well, my... Lucky, I mean... What? You know, making trades with you is like, you know, uh, listen. trying to, you know... The virgin on prom night. Thing. Ah, no, it's not, nah, you, come you, on. You're not consummating anything. <laughs> Here's the problem. Every time, you're not tough, every you're time. You're tough to deal with. I would say 70%. Tim, this guy, this guy never makes trades. Now, now, Tim, here's the thing. I would say, and Dave, won't, he won't disagree with me on this because he knows <laughs> it's probably true. I would say about 70% of the time when Dave and I do hammer out a deal, he not only gets the better end of it, it's been usually by a mile. Which no, look, that's I don't know. <laughs> totally true. Yes, I know. <laughs> And so that's why I'm a little reticent to make trades with Dave. Now, I will... I'm not, in this, I'm not involved here. No, but I, I just... I feel every time I look at it, I'm trying to look at it from a, a clean slate, and I'm like, I like my end of the deal better. Now, maybe that's the endowment effect. I don't know. Um, maybe it's... Yeah, your end, what you would be giving up. What I'd be giving up, I like that better. And I, I, I think that my whole thing is I kind of... I, I, I just wrote it back today on, 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 a, on a trade, and I said... <laughs> Tim, we'll, we'll proceed with your interview shortly. I said, hey, I, I think I'm, oh, don't worry, I'm betting on. I'm, I think I'm betting on a Fournette uh, bounce back season, and then I was like, more accurately, I'm hoping for right. a Fournette bounce back season. I, I said last year I was just waiting for Fournette to have a couple of good games so I could move him, <laughs> never and that never happened. And he then, averaged 3.3 yards of carry last year. Well, and then he had a couple of good games, but then he get hurt right away. Right. And so now I, I just think that with an off season, uh, you know. Um, uh, of healing. Hopefully that ankle gets a little bit better. He's got a new quarterback there now in, in Nick Foles. I think a more capable guy than Blake Bortles. Um, and, and I'm just hoping for that. So at this point, I'm going down with, with the ship, with Fournette. <laughs> well, and, it's just funny because you always say, and I don't agree with this. You say you're not, you say you're, you don't like drafting rookies because you so-called suck at it, but I don't think you do. I and, do. And then you, now I, you Ronald Jones would agree with me. Well, I, I've, uh, yeah, you know what? I drafted Jones. Johnny too. Menzel would agree with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty as well. I'm Jones trained. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, so I'm we not alone. Some bad picks. Yeah. Bulky, you know, uh, I think we alone, need more of a friend. psychologist pep talk here is what we need. But I think you're very good. No, well, but listen, th- I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But remember, the only reason, like uh, another one of my dynasty teams, I have Mike Evans as one of the foundation pieces on this team. And the only reason I have him was because the dude at 102 
took Bishop Sankey. I was all ready to take oh, Bishop man. Sankey. Who took Sankey? I get Mike Evans <laughs> oh, there. Nice. So don't don't say I'm like some sort of genius. Sometimes we're just blessed. Yeah, well, I was blessed there. <laughs> Talking with Kim, Tim Gilbertson tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Already, winner of two FFPC High Stakes Dynasty Leagues in 2018. We've been talking trades here, Tim, and I'm just curious, do you find yourself making a lot of trades during the fantasy season, during the NFL season, or do you think the majority of your swaps historically have come in the off season in your Dynasty Leagues? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at trades all the time. Um, You know, right now is a big hotbed for trades because you do have NFL free agency and you do have some orphans that are getting purchased and some dynasty startups getting uh, rolling. So you got guys that are kind of getting the itch. They're putting a lot of offers out, whether it's a new owner taking over an orphan. So that kind of wheels churning. Um, You know, and then I'm always looking at them in the season and in the off season, but I look at trades in a different point of view, depending on what time of the season we're sitting. You know, I'm looking for guys that may get you equity if they move in free agency before some of the owners are even thinking about free agency. I'm looking for breakout guys the season, you know, kind of when they're in that quiet window, deeper in the depth chart, maybe uh, the owner losing a little patience and might need a roster spot. You can go get somebody on the cheap. Then you got your uh, you got your cut down trades. You know you have a, a roster of say 16, and and you got 22 players. I'm trying to put those dealers up there to to get some draft back rather than just cutting those guys. And uh, you know to be honest with you, knowing your roster and being ready to move on a guy if he splashes during the season. You know the timing is so key with uh, getting value for your guys. So paying attention to that. Another thing I look at, huge point for me is, and people sometimes are good at this, people sometimes are not good at this, but, you know, you got to think about the other owner's roster when you're throwing out your uh, your trades and trying to, you know, put together your trades. Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels. And, you know, like, uh, for example, last season, um, I'm sure you guys remember the season Kelvin Benjamin had. It was a great, awesome season, you know, wasn't good at all. Uh, and you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you that I grabbed a first-round pick for him last year. But, uh, nice. but I wasn't able to do that. It turned out being the 1.3 after everything was settled. And uh, what I did is he had – This is uh, why we have orphans, guys... Tim. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tim. You're no, all really, orphan no, Tim, teams. Yes. No, yes. you keep <laughs> doing what, what you do, Tim. That type of thing. What the hell is going on? <laughs> but, you know, just, you know, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those deals where he had that great preseason game uh, on balls. I just said, hey, look for some wide receivers. Found a couple of them. You know, and then you kind of get to the, the trade deadline of your regular season. And, uh, and uh, you know, he gave me back the 1-5 and the 2-1. You know, he was... Uh, I mean, knowing guys that you're willing to move and knowing guys you're so we have you GM your Tim Gillison, uh, double dynasty winner in the FFPC last year with the high-stakes fantasy football hour hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Uh, you know, we, we 
haven't really, you know, it's it's a weird type type of season, Dave, because this is March 22nd here. We got the draft coming up in basically a month, and we have a, a very talented dynasty player. We haven't talked about any rookies yet tonight. Yeah, and so Balky and I don't know what the hell we're doing here. So we really, what we what we do is we ask guys like you, yeah, who you like, and then like we just me? write it all down. No, not you, Balky. Okay, and I'm looking at you, <laughs> like you, Tim. You're right. Who you like, and then we rank, then we use those as our rankings. So that okay, way we avoid yeah, players like Christian. Yeah, you guys use that as your tool a little bit, huh? Exactly. So we're stealing it's your. That's why we're so talented at dynasty. <laughs> and then beating up on all these local <laughs> fools. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, so anyway, in reality though, who, who do you like? Anyone that you looked at, you know, you've watched our film, you've seen Pro Days Combine. Who do you like this year as uh, the rookies are coming up? Well, you're gonna be a sleeper or one of the top guys. And if you want to tell us somebody you don't like, you know, just uh, that'd be great too. Yeah, you know the, you know, it's it's. I don't want to be in draft class because there's some question marks all over. Landing spots are going to be key, you know. So I'm really keeping an eye on. A Josh Jacobs of the world and a calf. Four days. And then. All right. Uh, I, I apologize for the uh, the technical difficulties. Uh, Tim, if you could give us a buzz back, that would be wonderful. We're going to see if we can try a new connection here because if there's one thing I want to learn tonight, Dave. For the pittance of research I have done on rookies tonight. On Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs is one, yep. Yeah. Uh, but just rookies in general. Optim- optimistically, he had a 40 times similar to Cream Hunt. Pessimistically, he had a 40 times similar to No Sean Moreno and other wait, guys. Wait, wait, so they had similar times? Yeah, in the Are four six. All of them? Yeah, they're all in the four six. Okay, well. Which is kind of sucky. It, it's not great, but. Um, Josh Jacobs, uh, are you talking about his pro day time? Because he didn't run at the combine. Correct, yeah, pro day. Oh, okay. When did Alabama have their pro day? Recently. Okay. I know. Look, I know you're doing all this broadcast journalism. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, we got, we got, we got Tim back now, so we're gonna have him. Uh, we're gonna have him talk about those. Tim, I apologize if you could make that point about the about the rookies here again. Uh, <laughs> we 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 seem to have the difficulties resolved. All right, no problem, guys. I thought that might have been on my end too. So, so yeah, so. Yeah, those are kind of two polarizing guys where, you know, they're guys you might want to take one, 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 two, um, but you're also maybe a little afraid to take them because not a ton of college production, but athletic freaks, you know, score really well on some things athletically. Other things, not so great. You know, DK Metcalf had the really slow three cone that everybody's worried about the agility. He's got the downfield speed. Um, Kevin White over in Chicago has got us a little nervous about that type of scenario coming out, but they're also guys that, if you pass on DK Metcalf, I think you're also going to be sitting there very nervous, like, hey, what if this guy does become something of a Terrell Owens, Randy Moss type that just blows the lid off of things? And then I passed on him. So so I'm kind of really watching those two with their landing spots and their draft capital just to kind of get a see where NFL GMs are looking at them. And then that's going to help me base my final decision on those two. So very intrigued on those two. And then to be honest with you, the rest of this draft – there's so many question marks for me. My next three guys I'm really looking at big in this draft are going to be the three tight ends, you know, the Noah Fant, the TJ Hawkinson, the Irv Smith. And there's also some very big situations that they could go to. Is New England going to draft a new tight end to replace Gronk? Is Aaron Rodgers going to get one of these rookie tight ends? So a couple of these guys could fall into some really big offenses with some really great quarterbacks. And then I think they've become really big draft prospects in this class. So that's kind of where I'm sitting at with the rookies. And, uh, you know, 
a little sleeper that I'm kind of watching is I'm really interested to see where uh, uh, Robbie Anderson goes in the running back position. He'll be a little bit later of a pick, but uh, he's got a great, great skill set, but he's got some injuries. So, so that's kind of my little bit of a sleeper, not a, not a big time sleeper, but that's who I'm keeping an eye on in that early second round, mid second round range. Yeah, that was a guy I was excited about at the start of the 2018 college football season. And then obviously uh, with the injuries, it, it kind of set him back. So we'll see what happens there. But definitely an intriguing guy. Let's get to a couple of emails here uh, for you, Tim. First one is from Don in Portland, Pennsylvania. He writes, hey, Tim, assuming Green Bay does not add a top receiver in the draft this year, who do you expect to be the Robin to Devontae Adams' Batman? And is he someone we should be targeting in drafts? Thank you. Don in Portland, PA. This is more of a redraft question than dynasty, but as you look at those Packers receivers, you know, they drafted the three rookies last year in Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, You obviously have uh, Geronimo Allison coming back into the fold uh, as well, but no Randall Cobb. So how do you look at the the target share for those Packers receivers I just mentioned? Is there somebody that stands out, or are they all avoids for you? Yeah, you know, I'm not... I'm not big on I'm not big on targeting any of them with paying a great value, but I'd also take a dart throw at any one of them for the right value if that makes any sense. And uh, the guy that I'm intrigued about the most is actually, you know, we get our recency bias a little bit, but if you look back, Geronimo Allison started out last season really well, so I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on that rapport a little bit, and he's not a he's not an athletic freak, he's not anything like that, but you know they have a little he's a solid receiver, so. I see him coming in as kind of the Robin to Devontae Adams. And then I would guess, you know, my, my third chip is going to be maybe Equinemius St. Brown coming in as that third guy. He started to get a little more play than, uh, than everybody else last year. So, so that's kind of how I would look at that receiving core. All right, a quick question from the chat room. Any value to Randall Cobb in Dallas? I definitely think so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Dak, you know, they're going to work that running game and, and Dak doesn't throw a ton of downfield balls. So I think if Cobb can stay healthy, I don't think the asking price is going to be big. So if you're on, especially if you're on a wide receiver needy team or you're getting a little bit later in the draft and, and you went running back tight end heavy, I think uh, Randall Cobb could definitely have a decent year there if he stays healthy. Oh. Randall Cobb, by the way, Dave, going at the 2507 in FFPC best balls right now. So he's basically free. Is that, well, yep, that's great. I mean, essentially, right? Twenty-five oh seven. Yeah, they just start. They just signed him, so it's like. But but this is post free agency uh, best ball, and he signed like three days ago. So you're talking about. So you have drafts from three days ago, like when he signed, and since then only. No, that's not split up like that. All right. Anyway, so can you give us a guy that you'll be staying away? I'm just saying, like ADP it's, it's, data is crap. Is well, we'll find. Well, listen, we'll find out next week when we do this show. <laughs> but I, I'm betting that he's not going to be very much higher than that. All right. Well, we'll see. How do you want to bet five on it? Well, I mean, what's very much high? I mean, twenty first. Okay, I I bet that he is. <laughs> you know what? I lost thirty bucks. I still I haven't paid you yet. We shouldn't be able to make any bets if I haven't even paid you. I wouldn't worry I'd like about a pass it. Pass to invoice. Let's let's contemplate this right, later Jim, on in the Jim, show. Final question here: Can you give us a guy you'll be staying away from the early rounds next season? This is for redraft, and a player you will be that you think is a sleeper who is poised to break out in twenty nineteen. Yeah, you know, guys, I'm going to stay away from those early rounds as uh, a little bit of a polarizing topic about a month ago, but I'm probably not going to jump in on the Damian Williams sweepstakes. You know, KC might come out, draft a running back. You might see a Josh Jacobs or somebody go there. You never know. Or 
you know, that's kind of one of those backfields where it seems to be a plug-and-play situation. So I don't know if they, you know, go to the next hot hand and, and uh, Damian Williams doesn't work out or it could bite me in the backside, and he has a great year. But I'm just seeing the draft capital, you know, things like that. He kind of came out of nowhere. But I'm going to kind of stay off him. I'm going to let somebody else take that chance with him. I'm going to go with someone a little more stable. And then the other guy, I'm not going to buy into the fool's gold of Derrick Henry. He seems to really try to turn everything on at the end of the year and get us all excited and hopeful going into that next year. (laughs) And I'm going to stay off of him, especially if we're in a PPR format. I'm just going to stay away. I'm going to go look for guys that catch balls and uh, put complete seasons together. And um, and this kind of guy about earlier, I'm going to let somebody else roll the dice. I'm looking for guys breaking out. I'm going to look for, uh, you know, a Karen Johnson type, a Delvin Cook. I think those two are going to have some pretty good seasons coming up. And who, do you, and who did you say right before Delvin Cook? Uh, carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're ready. Or you're right with uh, with Carry on Johnson. He's gonna be a popular pick in a lot of FFPC drafts this year. Uh, so far, uh, within the last, I would say like week and a half or so in FFPC best ball, 308 is where he's going, and Dalvin Cook is going at the uh, 208 right now. So it's certainly uh, two interesting guys that could most definitely outperform Blow's uh, draft slots, especially if things go their way this year, uh, for sure. Outperforming his appearance on this show tonight, Tim Gilbertson, an FFPC double dynasty winner from 2018. Listen, uh, congratulations on all the success last year, Tim. Uh, Best of luck to you in all your leagues this year. I know you're looking at, uh, as our friend Farrell Elliott uh, at the KFFSC likes to say, you're looking at expanding your territory this year. Best of luck on that. And hopefully you bring home a few more dynasty titles in 2019. Thanks so much for doing the show uh, this week, and we'll talk again soon, dude. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Had a great time, and keep doing what you guys do. We love it out here, so we appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Tim Gilbertson, ladies and gentlemen, FFPC double dynasty champion last year at 750 number 10, 500 number 3, even though nobody cares about the numbers according to the Dizzle. Uh, That is what we're looking at there. So good stuff from Tim Gilbertson tonight. Uh, You know... I, I thought we were going to talk a little Wisconsin basketball tonight. He's a Golden Gophers guy, which I guess the, the, they exist. What do you want me to say? I don't give a crap about any of it. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wh- the wh- team from my geographical area is better than the team from your geographical area. You know, area. it's interesting. It, we were talking about this tonight, and I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. I think, well, not. I don't know if it ever was true. We were talking about some, uh, you know, we had to do this this thing for the radio station of, of um, the, the March to the Championship where – I was, you know, I had to make an appearance at a establishment today in, in Northeast Wisconsin for the afternoon. And we were talking to a guy who was born and raised in Wisconsin and uh, does not like the Brewers at all, loves the Cubs. And I was like, well, how does that happen? You know how it happens. His dad always rooted for the Cubs. So he always rooted for the Cubs. Yeah, maybe so, he liked his dad so, better than where he lives. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, I, I do. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, but... Um, but it's like rooting for the team, you're, you know, that, that special relationship, father-son relationship or whatever, and then you just end up rooting for that team. So I'd You may- want to know my views on fandom in general. You think it's ridiculous? Yeah. I do. Did you ever hear George... I kind of think being a fan of a particular team, a hardcore fan, is a little bit 
a little kooky. I, I get it. It's, it's did, fine. Did, it's fine. Did People you ever love their team? Yeah, no, it's yeah. It's great. Did you ever hear George Carlin do his stand up on on fandom? I don't know if I did. I mean, it's, it, it's, I'm sure I would agree with it. it. It's the you totally would. It's the gist of it was, you know, talking about. Um, he doesn't really get into the whole fair weather die hard aspect of it, but right. he kind of touches on it. And he's like, you know what I say when your team's losing. And I'm not going to say it here, but F them, you know, <laughs> like, why would you want to follow a loser? You know, when they're yeah. winning, great, follow them or whatever. But, you know, and, and I've, I've said this in the past, like, look, the team you cheer for, no matter what they say, does they give zero Fs about you, yeah, I know. you as a person. They do not. There's no reason for to let, you know, there's no reason for you to let that team dictate how your life is. You know, if I if I had gone, let's say, if I had gone to Notre Dame, right, or like Duke, and I would spend most of my undergraduate career shirtless, wearing the D for Duke at all the basketball games with my pale body, and be like, oh my God, I love Duke. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense, right? Okay, so you were a Duke undergrad, and you loved Duke your whole, you know, right. you spent your four years there, and it was a great experience for you. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. But even though, you know, what's Oshkosh, right? Or even if you went to Madison. Oh, by the way, we should mention this. University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, men's basketball. Division three national champion. Oh, really? First in program history. They won in the final four. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now you know what's funny? You didn't even know, and you went to school there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, good for them. They brought it home. <laughs> I'm happy They for had them. an Appleton West kid on their team, too. We're going to try okay. to get him on the show. All right. Not anyway, this, this show, this is a different show. a local podcast, so I guess we should move Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, Fantasy Flash tonight. Uh, thanks to Football Guys Railroad and Rob for tonight's rundown. The Saints have signed Jared Cook, formerly of the Raiders, according to Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Now, the deal... At this moment, has not been official, but both PFT and NFL Network have reported that it is indeed going to happen. Jared Cook, if you remember, uh, had a career high last season with the Raiders in both yardage and catches, and now he gets Drew Brees throwing to him as opposed to Derek Carr. Now, the caution here is, since Jimmy Graham was moved in the Max Unger trade to the Seahawks, Saints tight ends have not been that good. Because that's because they haven't been very good. Okay, now they have Jared Cook. So what does he do there, Dave? He's going to do probably pretty well. You think he's going to do very well? Yeah, because he's pretty good. Okay, let me ask. Let, let me point this out. Um, what is the difference between the Packers tight end situation with Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees tight end situation with the Saints? Um, you know, it's interesting. That's a good question because the Packers now have a new offense. So you know, all those all the years that I've been telling people not. Oh, to- this is the year. The, the, all, all the years I've been telling people not to draft Packers tight ends. Which you've been basically correct. Now, last year I said, I'm like, you know, I think Jimmy Graham's got a shot to be pretty decent. Okay. I did say that. I will admit it. And once again, he really wasn't all that great. And I think it's in part because they just, they, you know, McCarthy's offense didn't target tight ends that frequently. Okay. This could be different because it's a whole new offensive system and everything's changed. Well, maybe not everything, but, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Jimmy Graham is actually kind of a little bit of a sleeper. I, yeah. I, I, like, I like Jared Cook too. All right, let me when ask you. Have a great, when you have a great quarterback, and, you know, there's opportunity for targets in Green Bay. That's for sure. Uh yeah, and we we kind of touched on that with Tim talking about how you know there's no Randall Cobb. You have Jimmy Graham. You have Devontae Adams, and you got a bunch of unknowns after that. Um, Who would you rather have this year, Jimmy Graham or Jared Cook? You know, right this second, I would say Cook because you have Breeze who has. Thrown, had a proclivity for throwing to tight ends. I, I don't think Rodgers really has. But, I mean, again, that goes back to, to things. And I just, I guess he's never shown it yet for, with Rodgers. So, I guess I'd probably go back to Cook here. FFP- and Cook, well, Cook was actually pretty good last year, and, Rod, and Graham was not. FFPC owners, I agree with you. Jared Cook, 608 right now in drafts. Jimmy Graham, 
Eleven oh eight. And probably moving up for uh, for maybe a little bit for Cook, but yeah, that's. I would think he's moving up. Yeah. 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 I mean, what do, what do they have in New Orleans, dude? You got Kamara, you have Michael Thomas, and then what? Traquan Smith. Ted Ginn Jr. Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. Uh, Dan Arnold. Hey, by the way, here, what do you think about this uh this trio of tight ends for uh, FFEC best ball? I'm probably gonna like it given the way you're framing this. Gronk. Yeah. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And former announcer Jason Witten. Oh, Boom! I keep all the old turds, yeah. all the old turds on one team. What do you think? Um, I can get Gronk, down with that. Gronk, Witten, Graham. Look at now, that. now, here's the great thing about that for for best ball purposes. So I already said that Jimmy Graham is going at the 11:08. You can wait until the 7:10 to get Gronk, which is probably the lowest it's been for his entire career, right? By the way, they were spotted Gronk doing that hot yoga in Miami. I think he's coming back. I think it's yeah, ninety percent he's coming back. He's coming back. So now, now is the time to buy on him. You can get Gronk Absolutely. at the end of the seventh. You can get Jimmy Graham at the end of the eleventh, and you can get Jason Witten oh, <laughs> all the way down at the end of the thirteenth. Thirteenth. Wow, he really he, has he's moved, moved up. up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, there's nobody else in Dallas at that position. Right. So. Yeah. And but, he's going to get seventy catches for eight hundred yards. But the yards point is, in the first six rounds, you can zero in on wide receivers and running backs. Yeah. Uh, grab Gronk more receivers and running backs, maybe a quarterback, grab Jimmy Graham in the 11th, um, take, take another backer receiver in the 12th, and then grab J- Jason Witten in the 13th, and you're set. So, so let me ask you this. Where's Noah Fant going? I mean, I assume you have that data. So he's the hyped-up rookie that had the fantastic combine. Right. Where's he going? 14-10. 14-10. So in the same neighborhood as, Jimmy, as uh, Jason Witten, not Graham, Witten, you're looking at Fant. Uh, yeah. In that, in that, and by the way, you, you know, you talked about that same area. The next tight end going off the board after um, uh, Jason Witten is, uh, is Noah Font. So I, you nail on the head there. Right after Font, you see guys like Jesse James. You see guys like Mike Gesicki. Do you like uh, – Mike Gesicki is an interesting guy because we kind of pimped him up last year in the pre-draft process because of uh, – like, I don't know about that. The, because, no, because of his metrics. He had great metrics at, at the combine, did he not? I don't, I don't know. I, I thought he. I, I, I thought he really I, did. I thought we. I don't remember. I don't own a single. Well, I didn't own a single I, share of Jostecki. Okay, that's fine. But we pimped him up uh, as far as what he did. Now, tape, I don't think. I really don't think. Okay. I don't think so. I, maybe I'm misremembering it then. But I thought we did. Now his tape wasn't all that great. But yeah, his comp- tape sucked. He was kind of like a wuss. That was the whole, <laughs> okay. That was the whole. Th- I remember. I specifically remember talking about Jostecki that he didn't really block and didn't catch all that well. Right. But he ran around a lot really fast. All right. So. Well, then I'm going to move on from this because this is, this is a dead-end conversation <laughs> All right, at anyway. this point. That's fine. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, we just talked about Jared Cook. And I want to talk uh, to you now, Dave, about Cooper Cup, your boy. Uh, he says he's, quote, where he's supposed to be in his recovery from the ACL tear, according to therams.com. Uh, this was four <laughs> months ago that he tore the ACL uh, Cup said, I feel good now to get back on the field and put cleats on for the first time since the injury. It feels like it really just kind of refreshes things and gives me some new motivation to be able to go attack this thing. Sean McVay, a noted, um, I don't want to call him a liar, but a noted embellisher, <laughs> uh, recently That's expressed optimism that Cooper Cup would be ready for training camp. And it seems like he is on, the, on his way right now. Uh, through the first half of the 2018 season, Cooper Cup was actually on pace for an 80-catch, 1,100-yard, 12-touchdown pace. Yeah, he was crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. Now, I know this about the Rams and their players and reporting those knee injuries. 
And I know that I don't. They're liars. Yeah, it's it's like Ferris Bueller. And with your bad bad <laughs> knee, you shouldn't be trusting anybody or whatever, you know. And that's, that's and that's how I am. I I I don't trust Sean McVay when he talks about these guys. He's sort of like Bill, Bill Belichick West. But you know, Cup himself said I feel good in the. Club. I and that I never you ever. Don't trust, you don't trust Cup. What, what, no, the Super Cup looked yeah, dishonest to what, you. What, what's the what's it, was it Chris Jericho? And, if this, you were doing jury duty, would you, would you, as an attorney, would you exclude Cooper Cup? This is probably past your no, time for fine. pro wrestling. But I, one of the pro wrestlers that when I used to watch it back in high school or whatever, he, he used to come out and he's like, he's like, I have never. And then he'd go, ever. And like, just like, and like, and I'll say this about, I, I never, ever trust what players say about their injuries. I never trust what they say while they feel because they're always overly optimistic on it. So if Cooper Cup is saying anything less than glowing things about his knee right now, I have like red flags are going up. So he's saying what he's supposed to be saying. I don't really trust whatever he's saying. It's fine. I need to see it. Um, Now, Cooper Cup, Dave, as we bring it back to FFPC best ball, he is going at the 505 in FFPC drafts right now. That, to me, is really – I mean, I know the upside, but that, to me, is really high. It is pretty high, actually. And I, I like – I do like Cup. I, but, I mean, what – an 80 for 1,112, I mean, if he comes back you – know, Yeah, it's game, great. His, it's his, great. His game was never predicated on pure speed, the 40 times. He, no, he's sneaky a, fast. But he is sneaky fast with the three-cone drill. Yeah, right. He's Mr. Three-cone. He's got a really – by the way, he's got a really good football IQ <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to give you a couple of receivers and, and play mini would you rather here, Rob, don't play it, uh, with guys that you, I know that you like or have, have expressed your approval at in the past. These are guys going after Cooper Cup and drafts right now. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or DJ Moore redraft? Um, in redraft, I'll take Moore, and I love Moore. I would too. Uh, Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry? I'll take Landry. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I love, I love Mayfield. Yeah, I, I would too. Cooper Cup or Calvin Ridley? I'll take Ridley. Okay. I mean, the thing with Cup is We're that, really dipping down. This is no, great. I'm, I'm just, this is I, good I like, stuff. Well, Ridley only has to deal with what? Austin Hooper, who, I mean, he was tight on six, but he actually kind of sucks if everybody looks at the numbers. He averages 10 points a game. And so then, with a great quarterback, Matt Ryan, whereas well, well, oh, Cooper Cup, oh, like, you know, hang hold on, on. Let hold me on. just finish. Cooper Cup has to deal with Brandon Cooks and Robert right. Woods, both healthy. Right. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to point something that you just set out. You're like, Calvin really only has to do with Austin Hooper right now. Well, I mean, on top, obviously Julio. We all know Julio. But I, my point is you didn't even say Julio. Jones. That's because everyone knows Julio. Okay, all right. Fair line. enough, yeah. fair enough. All right, it's I'm saying, I'm saying as the, third, as the second to third guy. Okay. Sorry, I, I should have kind of stated that. I, it, it was pretty I, humorous. Yeah, great. Okay, uh, Cooper Cup or Mike Williams? I'll say Cup. I would too. Cooper Cup. Okay, now let's get to three interesting ones here, and we'll, we'll call it. Cooper Cup or Tyler Boyd? Oh, man, that's a little bit tough, actually. Yeah. Um, I'll take Boyd. I would, too. He's going a full round after Cooper Cup. Here's one, Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson. Um, I'll, God, that's tough, too. Uh, Robinson has not shown. I'll take Allen Robinson. I would actually take Cooper Cup there, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I would take Cup over Robinson. Last one, Cooper Cup or Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Cup, I hate Jeffrey. Oh, you hate Jeffrey? Yeah, he sucks. He's okay. terrible. Okay, all right. Don't you own him in the Dynasty League? No, I think he, he got shipped him? off a couple seasons ago. Yeah, okay. He got put to pasture. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> um, Wasp guy in the chat wants to know, uh, he would, he'd love to hear our thoughts on Dante Pettis. And the reason I, I, I think this is an important player to talk about uh, right now, Dave, is if you go on um, 
fantasy Twitter or draft Twitter, whatever the hell they're calling it nowadays. Um, Dante Pettis is a really polarizing type player coming into this season. Uh, there's a lot of people that are pro Dante Pettis 2019 breakout. There's a lot of people that are like, look, we saw what this guy is and it's not much. Do you fall more on the side of, hey, with Jimmy Garoppolo, this guy could really take a massive step forward and he represents a good value in best ball leagues right now? Or are you of the opinion like, look, I'm going to find somebody else that's going to do more than him. He's overhyped. He is not that good. Where do you stand on Dante Pettis as far as uh, 2019 goes? And by the way, Dave, before you answer that, I'm going to preface this by saying that in FFPC best ball drafts, he is currently going at the 806 ahead of guys like Will Fuller, Robbie Anderson, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate. How do you think Dante Pettis is as far as, um, I, I, I mean, I guess you could answer this in a, in a dynasty frame if you wanted to, but as far as best ball goes or, or just Dante Pettis in general, how do you view him as, uh, as far as his fantasy output goes? You know, Pettis is kind of interesting. You know, he's, he averaged 17 yards a catch last year. He played 12 games, started seven. He's only targeted 45 times. So, I mean, he was pretty productive. He had five touchdowns, actually, in, the, in just that short period. So, that's pretty good. Um, having said that, he's six foot 186. He's an undersized, underweight wide receiver. He's a gazelle. I think, it, yeah. And it, granted, and he didn't, he didn't, in the combine, he didn't run the, I don't think he ran the 40 time. I know he didn't run the three cones. I thought he had an ankle or foot issue. Yeah, something going on. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a little bit of data missing for me to, to make, for me to make a case that I really like him a lot. Because they, receivers that are over 208 pounds really generally will do better than these skinny guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I guess there's not enough things pointing to Dante, but he didn't have a great rookie season. He's not a big guy. He doesn't, I don't know what his metrics are. So I, it's hard for me to say, Oh, I really like Dante Pettis. Cause I can't really say why I would like him. Right. Other than he did all right in limited time. And he's got Garoppolo. I mean, that doesn't, I mean, is that really a good case to make? I don't really, I don't think so. Uh, a couple of things to point out here from my perspective, just looking at the roster for, for the Niners. Now, they have Garoppolo. George Kittle had one of the best seasons of any tight end last year. They already had Jarek McKinnon. They already had Matt Freedom. What did they do? What was their big splash at, uh, on offense for free agency? Tevin Coleman. So now you have three guys in this backfield. Oh, by the way. Arguably four. Uh, well, who's the fourth guy? I don't know. Who'd you name uh, Coleman, Brita, and McKinnon. Rostert? Oh, Raheem Mostert, yeah. Mostert, yeah. whatever the hell Mostert's another guy, yeah. They, and, signed, they, they signed him to it. Like, oh, there was like a million I, I saw a blurb on Roto World. They could have all four of those guys active on, on game day. Don't yeah. they have Juszczyk, too? Kyle Juszczyk? Well, he's actually the good player. Oh, for God's sake. So all those <laughs> – I, I, I just – there's a lot working against Dante Pettis here. He might break out, Dave. He probably will not be on the majority of my teams this coming season. Lance Zierlein, Dave, uh, from NFL Media. No. Uh, He projects (laughs) the Giants to take DK Metcalf with the sixth overall pick in his latest NFL mock draft on NFL.com. This is very interesting because Odell Beckham is now in Cleveland. I still can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, DK Metcalf could be his replacement. Uh, and uh, Lance Zierlein, interestingly enough, has Drew Locke, the Missouri quarterback, going to the Giants with the 17th overall pick. DK Metcalf, six overall. As far as dynasty goes, I, again, I'm not a big DK Metcalf guy. I'm going to have to reevaluate some certain things if he goes sixth overall, Dave. And, and we heard Tim Gilbertson talk about him uh, here. He, he could be that next true unicorn wide receiver, but unicorns only come on 
so often. I'm still on the side of I don't think he's as special as, as a lot of people are making him out to be. Yeah, you know, if he, if he goes six overall, that is uh, it's super early. And generally receivers are successful when they go that early. In spite of his just character. ask Corey Davis and Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean they're not always. They're not always. That's <laughs> I funny. know. I we we have fun. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I mean those met, the 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 three cone the short shuttle are terrible. That's just really not his game. Yeah. But if if you're if you're a player that all you do is just go run bombs, you're not going to be a productive fantasy player. So even if they took him sixth overall and he's running mostly bombs or post patterns or something where he doesn't have to right. run like a square in or even a button hook, you have to actually turn around and stuff. Uh, you know, it's not – I just don't – I don't know how productive he's going to be necessarily. He's definitely not going to be like ODB. I think there's a lot of risk there taking him at one, two, or three in your dynasty rookie drafts. I'd be more apt to trade him actually or to trade that pick for somebody who's super high on him and get them to overpay on the morning of your draft. Don't do it now. Oh, Wait, yeah. I always, tra- I always trade my early picks too early. I've got to trade them on the morning yeah. of the draft or whatever. Dave, here's the thing. Uh, I, the issue with DK Metcalf is, you know, we talk about these go routes and these nine routes that he constantly runs because he can't, he doesn't run the full route tree because he can't slow his body down. He needs to get rid of some of that muscle in exchange for fat because we all know <laughs> fat slows down faster That's right. than muscle. So if he would get his body fat percentage uh, to like 1.95, maybe 2.0, uh, I think he'd run the route tree a little bit better. That's where like CJ Anderson is right now in like the 2% range, I think. Uh, he has 2% muscle, I think. Is, is that right? Yeah, 2% body muscle is what C.J. Anderson is. It seems to be working for him, so, yeah. you know, whatever. That's fine. He needs to get better at outslowing them, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay Ajayi visited with the Indianapolis Colts on Wednesday this past week, and the Colts are continuing their dialogue with him. Now, here's the interesting thing, not necessarily from the Jay Ajayi standpoint, Dave, but the fact that they're continuing a dialogue, the Colts are continuing a dialogue, and maybe looking at signing Jay Ajayi, I'll tell you what, it has me giving the big thumbs down to Marlon Mack, to Jordan Wilkins, and to Naheem Hines this season. When you're out there, fish, it's the same thing like when you're dating, right? If you got a steady girl, and she's all right, but you're still out there, you know, messing around with the hood rats at the bars at, at 1.30 in the morning. The hood, the hood rats, yeah. If you're messing with them, then it's all about like, okay, well, how good is what you have right now? Probably not that good. And that's the way I feel about these Colts. They are the hood rats. Of uh, of running backs in the NFL right now. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, I mean, do you disagree? I mean, how do you how do you feel about these these Colts running backs right now? I kind of feel okay. You know, I I think Marlon Mack is really talented. I think that I think Naheem Hines is a good third down back, and I I think that their GM Chris Ballard is putting together a a really awesome team. I think he's doing. He's like the the opposite. Uh, is it Gettleman as the GM in oh, the yeah. Giants? It's like they're like polar opposites. Yeah. One sucks and one works for the Colts. Uh, I think they were just bringing in someone to take a look at, and I don't think I don't think Ajayi would supplant Marlon Mack. I, just I think he's just a guy who's got that knee issue and he's just kind of moving around. I don't. Know, I, I'm okay with. I'm still okay with drafting Mack. Okay. That, and, that, and Hines a little bit later. Okay, that's fine. Now Hines is going in in like the tenth or eleventh round. I, I'm fine with that there. Can you guess where Marlon Mack is going in FFPC best ball uh, drafts? I think right? 303. 306. So good guess. Oh, damn, close. To me, that seems high. I mean, doesn't that seem high to you at the 306? Yeah, it is. It's high because there's the risk that the Colts take a running back kind of early. I mean, whatever. Or they could sign a guy like a Jai. Just like there's a risk, as uh, Tim Gilbertson said with Damian Williams, 
Yeah, you still have Carl, you have Carlos Hyde just got signed. I know I've been on Twitter saying I don't really like Hyde as a player. He's not special. Yeah, I saw your exchange still, with Matt Williamson. But he's still but not not that he replied to you, but that you know with I Matt. I don't really care. Um, well, I, well, I, I know, but I'm his, just saying, his, like that was an awful trade that Matt Williamson his, his, made. His trade was pathetic. Yeah. For for a so-called guru, his well, trade was awful. Yeah, what I'm, so anyway, but yeah, Carlos. These Hyde, titles are thrown around. Right. So. But but Hyde, as much as I kind of dogged on him, could actually be awesome in this offense if he ends up starting, and that could happen. Um, for anybody, uh, it, it was so, Sony Michelle and Doug Baldwin in exchange for Carlos Hyde. Was, wasn't that no, no. the deal? No, it was it was it was Baldwin and Hyde for Michelle, I believe, is what it was. Oh my God! Okay. So and Michelle, I mean, just throwing it into like Dynasty Trade Calculator, it was like you know thirty yeah, value really for bad. like fourteen or something like that. Uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator, whose co-founder Izzy Alcafis, former co-host of this show. Really? Yeah, we've it's in pros versus Joes usually everywhere year too. Honestly, like I've I just subscribed started subscribing to that. It's a really it's a pretty cool. It, it's awesome. It's really good. They 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 put a lot of work into that in and they're constantly adjusting it. So it is a great trade calculator. Uh, let's get back to Marlon Mack. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I think your 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 um insight into this warrants this. The, I'm gonna we're gonna play. Would you rather Marlon Mack? All these guys are going after Marlon Mack in FFPC drafts right now. Okay. Would you rather Marlon Mack or Derrick Henry? Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess, uh, I'll take Henry. I like Henry. I would too. Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette? I'll take Fournette because he's the feature back. On the I would. I would too. Marlon Mack or Carryon Johnson? I like Carryon Johnson. I do too. Marlon Mack or Aaron Jones? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take Jones. I would too. Are you sensing a pattern here? Now, now this is where it gets a little dicey. You get Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and Tariq Cohen after that. I think I would, I would definitely rather have Mac over Freeman and Ingram. Well, definitely over Ingram. I don't know if how I feel about Freeman yet because there's no Tevin Coleman there. Um, but Philip Lindsay, I, I think that the, the um, touch share gets a little bit closer between Lindsay and uh, the kid out of Oregon, Royce Freeman, this year. And it's a new offense, right? New, new, new offense, new, that's new a good management point. management in town. I, I do like Tariq Cohen quite a bit this year. I think Jordan Howard's an afterthought. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, I'm just, I'm just still, I was looking at Max stats quick from last year. I had to re, you know, review them. Okay. Because um, you're wondering if, like, maybe I have to review my own. Yeah, right. No, I have to look at it. My, but, you know, yeah. the thing about Marlon Mack is, I mean, he had – he only played in nine – what did he play in? played in 12 games. But he only had 26 targets. He had 17 catches for 103 yards, one touchdown receiving. So almost most of his fans, and I know he had a few like huge games, but I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I don't see it. I know you have Andrew Luck, but I can see being a little bit down on Mac because you still have the other uncertainty of bringing someone in. I know that the, I, I think the Colts are going to start Marlon Mack and it's going to be a tandem with Mack and Hines. Things to consider. Jim Ursay. You don't know. You don't know what he's going to be, you know, in Chris Ballard's ear. No matter how many mixers we have tonight, yeah. Ursay's had more. And not to mention the the um, <laughs> which is not many by the way. The, not to, not to mention the pharmaceuticals. Oh yeah, too. Right. I mean, we haven't talk, talked about that. <laughs> uh, yards per carry? Do you have for Marlon Mack? I know you just looked up his stats. Wash guy yeah, wants four point six six last year. All right. He had uh, just one hundred ninety five rushes for nine hundred eight yards, nine touchdowns, seventeen catches for one hundred three and one touchdown. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he had he had a fine year. But Hines is going to get his share. I don't think Jordan Wilkins is anything. I think no, if they draft I, a running I agree, back, they're yeah. talking about replacing Wilkins. Is probably he's just he's a, he's a, he's a jag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a jag, like it's just a guy. Um, Kaz eleven, actually, I, I'm sorry, I've been ignoring your question in the chat room. He wants to know Jay Ajayi or TJ Yeldon, Dave. Who would you rather have? 
I guess a Jaya. I'm not a big. I, I I would too. It just from from this standpoint, I the the um the unknown upside right now. Kind of know what Yeldon is, you know. But if I if a Jaya lands in a spot where it's like, oh my God, if he's going to be the feature guy, then all of a sudden I I like him quite a bit better. Um, Yeldon catches passes though. I don't know. <laughs> I it, I mean that's tough. I mean if you know if you project out, let's if let's just do the optimist case for Matt. He's playing a full season with Andrew Luck, right? And he's going to if he averages 4.66 yards per carry, he's get, definitely getting the short yardage work. And he gets, you know, some of the – he actually can catch some passes. So maybe he catches 30 passes okay. for a few hundred yards, a few touchdowns there, and he rushes for 1,300 yards and, you know, 13 touchdowns. That's a hell of a season. That is so, a hell of so, a yeah, season, Mac yeah. Mac could do really well. Um, by the way, Yeldon going two rounds ahead of uh, J.H.I. right now, four, end of the 14th as compared to uh, middle of the uh, 16th for J.H.I. All right, let's get to some emails. Rob, don't play it. We're up against it. I, I'm only going to get to a few tonight. One, I, I always love these who am I's, Dave. Always love them. And, and I think the reason I love them is because I get to quiz you on them. This one comes from Joe in Dallas. Right. Who am I? Last year I told – are you going to write this down? I might. Okay. Who am I? Last year, I totaled a half dozen touchdowns and caught 20 balls as a running back. Okay, Dave? He's a running back. <laughs> I also topped 900 total well, yards. Half dozen. Why does he have to just say six? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, Joe, we're going to need you to re- respond back to us next week and let us know. I also topped 900 total yards as well for an offense that had many people excited. But despite no additions to the backfield on my team and two big losses coming at wideout, I am still only being drafted in FFPC leagues as the RB65 at the 17-12, including more than two full rounds behind my backup. I finished as RB31 in 2018. Who am I? Peyton Barber. Holy cow, the dizzle did it. Really? Yes, you <laughs> nailed it. Peyton Barber. All right. What, uh, so what do you make? So what gave it away, by the way? Yeah, you know, just, you kind of, you know, First of all, the the backup thing was so okay. I'm like, who's the suckiest starter <laughs> right, in football yeah. right now? Like, okay, Peyton Barber. So that was really <laughs> so that, that you went right to Peyton yeah, Barber. Yeah, like right away. I'm like, oh, uh, Peyton Barber. Funny, so that, yeah. that was what did it for me. So that, thanks, Bucky. That worked out. I'm so happy I got that right. Yeah. So uh, right now, Ronald Jones. I checked this. I verified it. Ronald Jones going in the mid fifteenth. <laughs> Peyton Barber going at the end of the 17th, sometimes 18th round. They just, I think they signed Barber to like a one-year approval. Oh, yeah, they approve just it. re-signed him, yeah. Approve it deal. No Adam Humphreys there. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson has been jettisoned to Philadelphia. Yeah. I, to me, this is a great value. <laughs> it, it kind of is. In the 17th Even round? In a running back class, it looks like absolute garbage. I mean, Josh Jacobs and some other crap, right? I mean, really. Uh, yeah. This is a, this, this David is a Montgomery. great wide receiver. But these guys, they're the – I don't know what they all did. They took slowness drugs or whatever at the well, combine. Well, again, so some, of these guys, some of these guys did not test at the combine, though, too. But they, they did, the ones that did did poorly. And then Jacobs went and, and ran a 4-6-something at the pro day, which actually usually that's a half-second worse. Yeah. So he did terribly. Um, so it's a great wide receiver class, but this running back class is awful. Uh, Kaz11 in the chat room right now, uh, since we are on Indy, Ebron, Doyle, and Funches trying to trade Doyle and getting nothing. You don't like Jack Doyle, Dave. I've never been a big fan of Jack Doyle as a talent overall. Yeah, and you don't like Devin Funches, even I, on a prove it deal no, with th- Andrew I, Luck. No, I think Funches. Funches, oh, he came into the NFL. I've always been saying this. Came into the NFL as a young, semi-unproductive right. player out of Michigan. Um, just, I think now on a new team, maybe he could end up being something. I just don't. I don't see him ever turning into Calvin, but 
He was pretty. No, old. and nobody's expecting. No, that. but I'm saying he's got the you know, he's got the size. I mean, maybe he becomes all right. Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like Funches on a new team. Maybe he maybe he does a little something. I don't think you just give. I don't think you just cut Funches. I think he's worth something. I don't know what that exactly to me, is. To me, he's a good complimentary guy for T.Y. Hilton there. It is. It's a nice, It's a pretty nice fit. I mean, I could if if Funches had the twelve touchdowns next this coming year, would that totally surprise you? Like it would totally surprise me. Yes. But I mean, with Andrew Luck, Luck could throw forty-five touchdowns. I don't. It would not. It wouldn't be some insane <laughs> surprise. It would be like it'd be like okay, wow, that was really way more than I thought he would get. But it's not impossible. It's not other realm yeah. of possibilities. Yeah. Well, it would still be an insane surprise to me. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> like how much somebody tells me, like yeah, Devin Funches. All right. Good. So all right, how about this? How about nine touchdowns? Because it seems less a lot. Oh, okay. That would not be an insane surprise so to me. Like fifty-five for eight fifty and nine touchdowns. That's a. You know, we like, oh, whatever. I'll tell you right. that. That's that would, actually probably a WR2. That, WR2. That would be, and that would be really good because he signed a one-year deal in Indy. So sure. that would be really good for his, for his free agency. It's totally value. not out of the realm of possibilities for Funches. Um, let's talk about a guy, another guy I'm not high on this year, Dan in Washington, Illinois. I'm high on Dan in Washington, Illinois. I'm not high on the guy he's writing about. You guys got into this last week, but now I see that Doug Baldwin is having another surgery before the start of the season. Would you draft him at where he's currently going anymore? Now, you don't have to tell me where that is. And the answer is still no. All right. He's going at the 1810 right now, Dave. <laughs> Hell no. He's the worst. Oh, you're so what? Don't. You wouldn't take him in the 18th. All right. I'm right, taking right, him even at the 810. That's ball. not where he's going. Even the 810, I would take him. Uh, he has not gone that late yet. <laughs> sure not. But the latest he's Fourth, gone. Uh, no, no, no. 703 is where he's going right okay. now. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, now, let me ask you this. Who, who would you rather have? Doug Baldwin at the 703 or Tyler Lockett at the 706? What's the surgery? What's the, I, I, just, uh, I, I just, you know, I read about this earlier to do. Uh, are you looking it up right I'll now? Take, um, yeah. Uh, if you're looking up, I'm not going to. All right. 13 hours ago on SeahawksWire.com. Now, granted, whatever. I don't even know what this site is. I don't really care. <laughs> right. Question. Could Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin be considering retirement? Question. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, my answer is Lockett. I'm not taking Baldwin. <laughs> I don't care about Baldwin. I have no interest in Baldwin. He's washed up. He turns uh, 31 this September, Dave. Baldwin has had knee and shoulder surgery since the season end, and this is according to Curtis Crabtree on Twitter. He might need a sports hernia procedure to fix an injury that he had actually been dealing with throughout last season. Well, that was according to NFL Network's Mike Garofalo? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Doug Baldwin was expected to be ready for the start of training camp this season, but that is no longer can be taken for granted. So I, I'm totally off Doug Baldwin. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think, I think Baldwin's always overachieved given his kind of limited athleticism. Yeah. And once you turn that, once you turn 31, 32, it's not like Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, for example, he's a super fast, quick athlete. So if he loses a little bit, he's still going to be all right. Baldwin was not that type of player. He's a smart, you know, cagey player. He knows how to run good routes, but that just can't get you there if you're, if, if you lose some of your athleticism. Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis, Tyler Lockett, all going right behind Doug Baldwin and Jess. I'd rather have all three of those guys than Doug Baldwin right now. And me saying I'd rather have Sammy Watkins than anyone is saying something indeed. Uh, let's move on here, Dave. God, we are how – did, how did, I don't know how we take up this much time. Hi, Sterling and Antonio. I know you guys – I know you two haven't been the biggest Randall Cobb fans in the past, but has that changed now that he's in Dallas? Keep up the great work with the podcast and FFPC. That is Greg in Manhattan, New York. We kind of answered this already. I'm not, I'm not, I know Tim Gilbertson came on, said, hey, there's some value here with Randall Cobb. Obviously free right now. I have, I'm not excited about him at all. 
Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of opportunity in Dallas. I just don't like Randall Cobb in general. I'm sorry. What was the tweet I saw? Actually, I'm not sorry. Oh, I think it was Steve Brubaker, our lo- lobbyist. Um, for SBF for, for the S- SBF STA, he was some, and I'm not going to repeat it because there's some profanity in it. <clears throat> but he he, God re- forbid. he retweeted somebody, and who I, again there's some profanity, but he said that Dak Prescott had the footwork of a vending machine. <laughs> Which I thought was that that is awesome. That's pretty funny. That was hilarious. So and Wasp guy just pointed out that Dallas doesn't pass enough. They're a run based offense. That, and that's that's the issue. That's why I'm not I probably won't have Amari Cooper on a lot of my teams. I might have Jason Witten just because nobody thinks anything of him. Well, you, but but there's, there's not last year a lot of mouths to feed for not passing very often. Uh I would love it listen. Honest plea to my dynasty owners right now. You got an early second round pick, Michael Gallup's all yours if you want him. Yeah, you got Gallup, you have Witten, you have Prescott. Uh, throwing to Randall Cobb, Cooper, and yeah. Elliott catches a ton of passes. Yeah, he caught like almost 80 last year, didn't he? Yeah, Something probably because like their that. tight ends were still got awful. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, all right, uh, last email. Kurt in Newton, Mass. What's up, Dave and Balky? Is Amir Abdullah suddenly fantasy relevant again as a potential handcuff to Dalvin Cook in Minnesota? Dave, I don't know if you saw this, but Amir Abdullah actually signed, uh, re-signed. He was on the practice squad last year. Uh, he resigned in Minnesota, and remember they lost Latavius Murray to the Saints. Amir Abdullah is, in fact, the second in command for running backs in Minnesota right now. I think if you draft Alvin Cook in the third round, Amir Abdullah, you don't have to take him. Twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, it's twenty-six. Super, super, super late. In fact, I don't even think he might yeah. not be drafted. No, nope. he? he is not even on the latest ADP report. There you go. So yeah, get him for sure. I think he. I think he's a must handcuff. And behind that Minnesota offensive line, I don't expect him to work miracles, but he is a great handcuff. Um, one of the great things that you look for in a running back in the first couple rounds is like, okay, who's his handcuff if you believe in the handcuffs? And it's clear to me in Minnesota that he is the handcuff, and the fact that you have to pay little or nothing to get him, I love Amir Abdullah. Even if, even if you don't have Dalvin Cook, he makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh... – the, the contract that they signed them to. I mean, it's not like they locked him up for six years and fifty million or anything like that. But I mean, they did they did sign him. And then, and by the way, this is pre-draft, so I guess there, there's there's always the possibility that uh, hey, we're going to let you go because we got you know whoever Rodney Anderson at, at the first pick of the fourth round, and and now we're going to go with him as the backup. Yeah, you know I. Abdullah is so far off the radar that I think for the cost of almost nothing, I think it's worth a shot in the 28th round. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He was, you know, he was a, he was a fairly pedigree guy coming to the NFL 3.8 yards per carry, which is only what, like 0.1 worse than the now hyped up Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So it's not like he's the done now. Hyped I mean, it's like, you know, he's not like he's been like total dog crap. I just felt like he got into the, into the, in whatever, for whatever reason, the lions couldn't stand him. And I, th- right. I think he could actually end up being something. Yeah. No, you we'll could, see if they draft anybody or not. Yeah, think about the think about the the uh, draft capital that the Lions have given up over the years. You know, Golden Tate. Well, I guess he wasn't. He 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 was a free agent signing, but he's in New York. Amir Abdullah is gone. Eric Ebron is now in Indianapolis. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have just they're gone now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and take out that huge. I mean, what did take a twenty two million guaranteed? They showed him the money, Dave. Oh, that's right. They that showed great. him yeah. the money. Wow. Uh, that is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Our season eight premiere, I feel like it went off uh, with aplomb. 
and uh, very awesome and entertaining and hopefully informative a little bit. And you know what? Uh, and, just like, and, and as usual, Blog Talk Radio, we have some audio problems. So this, you know, nothing has changed. It's we're yeah. still the same show. Eight we've years later, been. yeah. It's still we're still on Blog Talk, and shit's still going down. Yeah, and uh, so 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 this is our eighth season. Fast forward another eight seasons. Uh, we have President Donald Trump Jr. running things. <laughs> Uh, Ivanka will be running it. Oh, Ivanka, excuse me. Um, The Patriots will be celebrating their ninth consecutive Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Brady will uh, be um, uh, repeating, excuse me, not repeating, he'll be five-peating, world's sexiest man alive. I'm trying to think what else will be going on in eight years, Dave, that these are all things that that ring true to me. Well, it'll only be four years away from the the planet coming to an end. Oh, right, yeah. According to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. A.K.A. Speaker of the House in eight years. (laughs) And by that, she'll be the Speaker of the House. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I think that's probably accurate. Green New Deal will be in effect. And the unemployment will be 12%. Right. And um, uh, gasoline will be obsolete. That's right. So I think that's what we're looking at in eight years. Well, I'll be uh, driving electric cars. Wasp guy. Five on it <laughs> in, in the chat and, right and now. And we will still be on Blog Talk. Yeah, and we'll still be on Blog Talk Radio suffering through audio uh, issues. Uh, thanks to Tim Gilbertson tonight, uh, the FFPC Double Dynasty champion from 2018, joining us. Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, you. Now, let's get to this right now. As far as I can tell, for the next three weeks after this show, you will not be on. You, know, you no. won't be on on the 29th. Well, you, but you said, I'm not going to be on next week. Right. The week after that, I'm around, but you're going somewhere, so we're doing I, it a day I will early. be. I will be, no, 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 no. The, uh, I will be gone the following week. <clears throat> that show will be pre-recorded, okay? Without me on it? You will not be on it. It's going to be me and two surprise high-stakes dynasty owners yeah, great. that have been on this show before. All right, whatever. So you don't have to worry about that. The following week, you will be gone, right? Yeah. And, and the week after that, <laughs> I think- bad. The April nineteenth, you will be on. Yeah. So you will be back April nineteenth. All right. Good. And and we'll get a, a guest draft, lined up. Are we doing a draft show the day before the draft? No. Well, yeah. I mean, we will be doing a. I think that is. I want to say that's the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. It's the yeah. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Are you around for that? Or yeah, no? I'm around. That night. Okay. So then you and I will do a, a draft show that night. I don't know if we'll have a guest. We'll we'll find out because there'll be a lot of talk to talk about on the eve uh, of the draft. We should get. Uh, we should get. Uh, the guy from Fantasy Football Metrics, R.C. Fisher. R.C. Fisher. Maybe we'll reach he's out to him. He's always fun to have on. Yeah. He, if, he's, if he's got the time, I don't know if he'll have the time That's because he's, he's very busy that time of year. Uh, but we'll find out, see if we can get R.C. Fisher on. So next week, as I said, no Dave Gerzak, but uh, Tyler Jackson, the 750 number 30 2018 Dynasty champ, is actually going to co-host with me next week. Uh, so it will be me and Tyler. A lot of great stuff there. We'll get into some Dynasty stuff, some NFL draft stuff, some rookie draft stuff as well. Check out the Maiden Dynasties and the 2019 FFPC Best Ball Leagues at myffpc.com, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of great um, super flexes out there as well, so don't miss out on that. And, of course, your weekend officially starts This now. has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Kaz11 pointing out in the chat room, Dave, in eight years, the 26ers will have league number nine drafting. How many leagues are the 26ers are? How many are they in together? Three? Uh, They're on 3.0.
So, but, 20, 26, 26 uh, but, but, three, version 3.0. That's fine, but they also basically run Genesis, do they not? Uh, I don't know exactly if they run Genesis or Revelations. I, I thought I'm, that, I'm not sure what they're running over. No, it's Genesis. Well, because Tupacker will say, like, huh, Revelations is mine, you know? <laughs> so, but Genesis, I think, is, the, is basically a 26ers redraft. Yeah, so, more importantly, you know, they're the only group that we will actually not, you know, they say, well, can you just name this league 26 dash 3.0 right, or whatever, yeah. and we actually do it. Oh, do you, I didn't really realize yeah, that. Yeah, we don't – oh, there are no other leagues do we just use the name 26 again just for them. We only do it for Ah, uh, so the 26 like, has been retired by the FFPC. Yeah, 26 – it's League 26 and 26 space 2.0, 26 space 3.0. So the, only they get that special treatment. Everyone else can piss off. All right, so clearly when we cover Genesis and Revelations, we're doing Genesis first this year. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, sorry, Meyer. Um, I don't think he cares. Um were we going to do a third league this year for live draft coverage? Yeah, Armageddon, I don't know if that's still going on or, or if the, how that... But, I mean, is it at the same time as Genesis and Revelation? Yeah, around there. I don't know if we're going to... We're probably... I don't know. Who knows? Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. Season 8 is underway. We hope you're as thrilled as we are. Have a great weekend, everybody.